In life's journey, we must seek to reflect, learn, and grow. Welcome to The Road to Rediscovery with your host, Aubrey Johnson. Hello, and welcome to another great episode of The Road to Rediscovery. I'm your host, Aubrey Johnson. I am so excited that you're here with me. The Road to Rediscovery is about reflecting on life's lessons to learn and grow from them, and of course, to take it to the next level and uplift others who are struggling. You know, I have to say, there is truly something to be said about the resolve of the human spirit. Under normal circumstances, do we really know the strength and the depth of the human spirit? Or what about our resolve? Do we know the depth and strength of our resolve? Well, my special guest knows this answer, but his circumstances were anything but normal. At 44, he was diagnosed with stage four HPV throat cancer. This life-changing event led this husband and father of three on a long road that included, among other things, a radical tonsillectomy, a neck dissection, and weeks of chemo and radiation. It has not, I repeat, not been an easy road for him, but he is now cancer-free and broadening the awareness about HPV-related oral cancer. He's the ambassador of the Head and Neck Cancer Alliance, educating and supporting those diagnosed and their families. We're going to learn more about his journey and the strength and depth of his resolve. Ladies and gentlemen, it gives me great pleasure to introduce Superman HPV himself, Mr. Jason Mendelson. Jason, welcome to the show. It's so great to have you here, man. Thank you. It's great to be on the show. Appreciate you having me. Oh, for sure. For sure. So let's see if we can paint this picture. Let's, can we start by explaining for the listeners um, uh, the type of cancer that you had and then, uh, and, and then start talking about uh, how this all began for you? Sure. So I was diagnosed with stage four HPV tonsil cancer, also known as throat cancer or pharyngeal cancer, um, back in 2014. And um, HPV, many of your listeners probably know, is the most common sexually transmitted disease on the planet. Three out of four adults by 30 have it. So, um, and it was a cancer I had never heard of. So most people are familiar with breast cancer, prostate cancer, pancreatic cancer, really many different types of cancer. And all of a sudden I found a bump on my neck, which, you know, shortly thereafter I found out was HPV related um, tonsil cancer. Did you want me to go ahead and just tell you a little bit about how it transpired? Sure. Absolutely. So I was taking a financial exam. Um, I'll just mention to you, it was on a Thursday because it's relevant to the story, but and we're um, our family business, we appraise life insurance. So I was taking this exam for our main business. I had put my hand on my face to ponder a question and then down to my neck and I felt a small bump, hmm. which let, let me explain to you. I shave every day or every other day. Yeah. And this was a bump I had never seen before, um, nor had I ever felt it before. Hmm. And so I passed the test. I was happy to, happy to tell you. Um, went home, showed my father, who's a physician, the bump. And he said, um, let's call the ENT. So your nose and throat doctor, which we did. And my ENT said to me, you don't smoke. You don't drink heavily. Come see me in a few weeks. Right. I am 
so I'm, I'm a guy that always goes to the doctor. It's probably one of the lessons from the podcast that would be important. Um, <laughs> so I'm always a guy that goes to the doctor. And so that was a Thursday, like I mentioned. That Monday, I went to the doctor. So he had said, no problem. Come see me in a few weeks. I'm like, there on Monday. Um, the doctor looked at my neck. They put me on 10 days of antibiotics and steroids. I literally had no symptoms but this, but this bump. Mm-hmm. No no side, like there was nothing going on. I felt as healthy as I'd felt in many years. Oh, wow. Um, two days later, left for the Keys on vacation with my wife and friends, ran the equivalent of a 5K, flew from the Keys to DC on a Sunday to um, lobby on Capitol Hill for the life insurance industry for, for you know, our primary business. Right. Flew home on a Wednesday. Thursday had a CAT scan. Friday had a needle biopsy. Monday, I found out I had stage four HPV-related tonsil cancer. Wow. My goodness. Just like that, matter of days. I mean, yes. It was, quite honestly, you know, when you hear cancer, most people, they know someone that's had cancer. Right. And that's the way it had always been for me, right? A family member, a friend of a family, someone else's issue. And while I care always deeply about those people, it was never something that I really thought I was going to get. I mean, honestly, it's, I had lost a bunch of weight and I was exercising and feeling healthy. I had none of the issues that we'll talk about, you know, things to be aware of, to go see a doctor about. Right. I had excluding that small bump on my neck. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it was, it was crazy. Honestly, I was worried about everything immediately yet i didn't really think i was you know going to be told i had cancer when i walked into the doctor's office my goodness i mean there's 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 things that happen that hit close to home and then there's things that actually hit home right this hit home for you in a big way and i'm i I can't begin to imagine just all the different things that race through your head when it came to receiving that news, right, um, from from family arrangements to uh, to you know just just your work, uh, so many different areas and aspects of your of your life that I'm sure you're trying to gather and collect and 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 try to think rationally through. Yeah, I am. I will tell you. So I get the diagnosis. Mm-hmm. I, I was there with my wife and. Um, my father. And on the ride home, you know, outside of calling family, I, I made several calls that to me at the time were extremely important. I called my two life insurance agents right. and said, please make sure my life insurance is on automatic draft. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I handle the finances and I cannot afford to let my policies lapse in the event that I get so sick that I can't handle the finances. Right. I also called a friend of mine who is a radiation oncologist. And I said, it looks like I'm becoming your patient. And his response was, Jason, what are you talking about? I go, I just got diagnosed with, at the time, I just said oral cancer. Um, But, you know, had I known what I was really, you know, being diagnosed with, I would have said oropharyngeal cancer, which means tongue, throat, tonsil. Mm -hmm. Um, And he goes, come see me. Mm. And, um, you know, it was, you know, I always try to find humor in most things and there was nothing humorous about this. I mean, I, they're like, you have cancer. And all I'm thinking is 
who's going to take care of my wife? Who's going to take care of my kids? Right. I talk to my parents multiple times a day. You know, who's going to be there when my kids have questions? And my wife is awesome. I've known her since I've been 10. Mm. Um, and, and, but thinking about all of a sudden I might not be here. And it was honestly like mental gymnastics. Oh, I bet. I mean, it was, I worked yeah. at the time and I'm back to this by the way, but um, 50 to 70 hours a week. So I was working full time. I'm president of our family business. Mm-hmm. I was traveling two to three times a month all over the country for work. Mm-hmm. I was trying to have date night every week with my wife. I was right. trying to get to all my kids travel sporting events. And all of a sudden, you know, I find out I'm going to have chemo once a week, which the whole process is going to take around seven hours by the time you show up and you leave, get everything right. done. Right. I was going to have radiation five days a week. It's 15 minutes at a time, but for seven weeks, I was going to have a feeding tube. And for someone who had just a small bump yeah, to then realize all of a sudden, you know, I don't have time for things now, but all of a sudden cancer shows up at your door and you now have to fit in whatever is necessary to survive. Mm. And so, you know, went into survival mode, if you will, how am I going to beat this? Mm-hmm. You know, standing side by side with my wife, make sure my kids aren't worried that their dad's going to die. That's right. And that was honestly, just to be direct with you. Mm-hmm. Um, when I started treatment, um, I knew nothing about this diagnosis, right? So it's not like I knew a bunch of people who had been diagnosed with this and survived. Right. I had known no one to be diagnosed with this mm-hmm. back in 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, two funny things, you know, I, I later learned on later learned that um, Michael Douglas was the person that everyone knew about. It's like the number one question I get asked by people, mm-hmm. you know, worldwide, is that what Michael Douglas had? And my answer always is, it's the one thing he and I have in common outside of our love for Catherine Zeta-Jones. <laughs> so <laughs> I guess. that I came up with that answer. Um, <laughs> Because, you know, just to find humor, um, but I will tell you the most difficult part of, of getting diagnosed and trying to figure it all out Mm -hmm. is before I understood that I was going to survive, I made videos to my kids saying goodbye. Mm. And let me tell you something. And I, and no matter how many times I've been interviewed a lot and and no matter how many times I say that it brings, chokes me up. Mm-hmm. But when you think you're making videos to someone and these are the last words they're going to hear, mm-hmm. I remember sitting on my couch in my living room and making these videos over and over and over again, thinking oh if these are the last videos my kids ever hear me make, yeah. they need to be perfect. Right. And so I probably just shared too much with you too quickly, but that was my mindset as I was going through treatment and after the diagnosis and and just what was going on. You know, Jason, um, that is exactly what, uh, what I was hoping you'd share with us. Um, It's not too much by any stretch. And uh, I appreciate you sharing that because uh, like I said, there's hitting close to home and then there's hitting home and this truly hit home for you and just going into survival mode um, knowing with already a packed schedule, having to fit this in to survive, 
it really changes perspective and how you prioritize things in your life. And uh, I, I don't care how many times someone explains the story of doing videos and recording videos for their children to say goodbye. Um, when you explain it, uh, part, of your, part of your mind's eye just goes back to that time when you're recording them uh, and, and, and the levity and the heaviness on your heart, knowing those are the last words to your point. Um, you can't help but feel that resurface. And so I appreciate you sharing that, um, sharing that with, uh, with us in a, in a major way. So thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, You're so, welcome. Yeah, I was just going to tell you, that's, it, yeah. that's one of the main reasons why I was really felt um, compelled to share my story. Because as we'll speak a, a little bit in the future here, mm -hmm. um, I... I, I thought, you know, if I have the ability to protect future generations of boys and girls through sharing my story, through educating parents about HPV, the HPV, va HPV vaccine, right. HPV-related cancers, how can I not do that? I can help other parents or protect or stop other parents from ever having to make videos to their kids. And, and it just seems like it's the right thing to do. I was raised by my parents to do the right thing. Right. And so... Um, so I started doing that. And thank you for that, because down the line, I want us to talk more about how you have become that ambassador, right? And, and just talk about some of the things that, that, that you, you have done in, in supporting those diagnosed as well as their families and, uh, and how you're speaking to broaden the awareness um, um, out there. So um, we're definitely gonna touch on that uh, here in a minute. Um, I wanted to ask you this. Uh, you mentioned earlier when you first felt that lump, you didn't have any other symptoms. You didn't feel under the weather. You didn't feel like your body was weak. Um, you know, you were otherwise fine, but you, but you had this. At what point did you start to feel like you were declining? I mean, was, was that not until chemo or, or when, when did that start to happen as a result of the diagnosis. So it's interesting that you're asking me that because, and everyone leads with, with the, the aspect of chemo. Mm -hmm. I will tell you most of the time when you, when people think of cancer, they think of all the side effects from chemo, right? Losing hair, right. throwing up, feeling just horrible. Mm -hmm. um, that's not how it typically is for this type of cancer. So again, I'll go back to seven weeks, chemo, radiation, and a feeding tube. Radiation, which I knew nothing about also right. um, regarding treatment. Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, I don't know if you say it affectionately referred to, but I, I refer to it as the gift that keeps on giving. So radiation was by far much worse than chemo for me. For me, chemo, mm -hmm. my drug was cisplatin. Um, you know, it can have effects on the kidneys. So they flush your kidneys, then they give you the drug and then they flush them again. Um, but for me, chemo was just a matter of feeling nauseous. And with this drug, you don't lose your hair and rarely do you throw up. Right. Radiation, on the other hand, they, they clip your, first of all, you get a mask that's fitted to your face. You are then clipped down your head, you lay on your back, clipped down to a table where you get radiation and you don't feel it at the time. You just lay there tongue to the roof of your mouth um, to the, where the mask is. And then week after week you get radiation 
And it is like getting burn after burn after burn week after week. So in week one, you feel nothing. Week two, you probably feel nothing. Week three, you're getting burns on top of burns. So when I entered week four and a half, I had third degree burns in my throat. And that was the reason I had the feeding tube. I asked the doctors, what could go wrong? What could happen? They said, well, the main issue that people have is they become dehydrated because they can't swallow because they have burns in their throat. I said, well, then please give me a feeding tube. And I, and I, at one point, most for like almost three weeks, three to four weeks, I had um, five insurers a day, two, two Gatorades a day, and my medication through a feeding tube in my stomach. Right. Um, the side effects from radiation, though, people end up with, and this is what answers your question, mm-hmm. sores in your mouth that really aren't healing, burns, really thick phlegm. So oh. from the bump, I never felt anything but the bump. There are people that will tell you they felt like they had a fishbone in their throat or they had sores in their mouth that wouldn't heal mm-hmm. or they're, they're, they just had, there's many things they could feel. I didn't feel any of those. I had a bump. What my, where my issues came from was, were from the side effects of the treatment from radiation. So gotcha. my saliva got so thick mm-hmm. that I would have to spit it into you know, like a large slurpee sized cup. Yeah. And then at one point, when, when I first started this, I would pour it into the sink and it was so thick, it wouldn't go down the drain. Wow. So I would go to sleep at night, you know, in just a few minutes of closing my eyes, I would wake up like someone was, you know, had their hands around my throat yeah. because the saliva was so thick, it, would, it was blocking my breathing way. Mm. Um, I was gagging and choking 20 to 40 times a day. And so I didn't have any of those precursors, if you will, or things that said, oh, when did that bump get worse? It was just the bump. But to get rid of the cancer, you have to go through radiation, majority of people. Some people are fortunate and they just have surgery and they're good. But the majority of people have radiation. I would say that's the main treatment. Right. And the side effect of that treatment is around three to seven weeks of pure hell, quite honestly, for most people. Sure. But the peace of mind that you know that it's all temporary and that's what I try to tell people. It's all temporary. You're going to be okay. Many people tell me they no longer feel alone after visiting my website or after we, we you know, have this type of information shared. Right. And right. I think to me, that's probably the most important because you can get through anything if you know it's temporary. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> I was just about to ask you about that going through chemo and radiation, you know, uh, and, and you, you painted a great picture and and I think I think all the listeners will be able to take this in and really really understand where you're coming from, when you talk about those low points in how you felt right, um, waking up in the middle of the night, having your breathing blocked, uh, saliva, the thickness that can't even go down a sink, and 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 sharing that beacon of hope right that 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 one thing that helps you press forward, even though you're going through a temporary dark time is knowing that you're not alone and knowing that it's temporary. That's huge. I mean, that's, I mean, that, that's the number one thing I get told by patients all over the world. Mm-hmm. And it and honestly is, is quite gratifying. I didn't start sharing my story to become popular or to become famous. Um, but I did share it to help other people no longer feel alone Right. And to let them know that they're going to be okay. Right. And to hopefully 
you know, they'll listen to my story and, and think, I don't want my kids to have to go through what he went through. Mm-hmm. We need to learn more about the HPV vaccine. Um, I don't think I said at the beginning, but I always tell people typically when I start speaking to them about my story, mm-hmm. I'm not a physician. So I am a survivor, um, ambassador, if you will, patient advocate. So I always recommend when I talk to people about the HPV vaccine that they speak with their kid's pediatrician or their family practice doctor or someone in the medical field. Um, I don't give medical advice. I just try to share from my experience why I believe people should get more information. And so um, I think that's important that people hear. So, you know. Well, thank you for sharing that. And, and I saw that on your website, actually. And, and you know, I, it, gives me, it gives me specific pleasure in uh, having this conversation with you, Jason, because uh, I, I, I take this personally. Um, I know there's a lot of different cancers, um, you know, that are out there. Uh, when I was 49, I was diagnosed with uh, prostate cancer. And so, um, you know, my doctor, my urologist sat with me and, and my wife and went through some, some options and so forth based uh, on my particular condition, right? And so, um, you know, I mean, some are more aggressive than others, obviously, when it comes to different types of cancers. But, um, yeah, he told me if I did absolutely nothing, I may have somewhere between five and eight years before, you know, things start to really decline. Uh, otherwise, uh, at my age, it was best to get it done and, and, and dealt with as quickly as possible. So I was fortunate enough to, um, to have surgery, to have it completely removed. Uh, it was uh, self-contained, um, didn't spread, um, but I still go for PSA readings and so forth um, uh, every six months. So, um, you know, this is something that to me is, uh, is personal. Um, it, it's it's something that I want the listeners to understand the levity of being given the news, such as what you were given by your doctor, and how that has such not even a trickle effect, but a waterfall, a, a gusher effect, if you will, on all other aspects of your life, uh, children, um, your spouse, uh, your you know your finances, uh, your careers, and, and everything like that. So. Um, yeah. So Jason, uh, you're, you're a very active, active man, right? I mean, you've, you've, you've ran and, and, and I saw on your website, um, were you, were you, uh, biking as well? Cycling? So when I had first been diagnosed, uh, and I'll make this story as quick as I can make it, but mm-hmm. I was laying in bed around 18 hours a day. Um, again, Funny comment. I always tell people I got the only good thing about laying in bed 18 hours a day for a month is I got to watch seven years of lost in two and a half <laughs> weeks. But, um, but I got a video from one of my clients from around the DC area who was riding in the ride to conquer cancer. It was a 140 mile bike ride over two days. Mm-hmm. And they had written on their biking shirt, their cycling shirt, my name. Mm-hmm. I was one of the people they were riding for. Yeah. And so after I survived and got through treatment, they called me and said, listen, we'd love for you to ride with us next year. And if you ride with us, when you ride with the survivor, you get a yellow, like a flag on your bike and, and you really can give people hope. So I had never been on a road bike before. So that article that came out and there were several of them that year, um, 
had to do with the fact that a woman at a local bike store I had contacted, she had come to my house five days a week. I, I borrowed a bike from a friend and we trained mm. and I raised a bunch of money in around two months on Facebook. And the following year at that event, you know, that I had been laying in the bed for, you know, when my friend sent me the video, yeah. I was one of the opening speakers at the ride to conquer cancer for Johns Hopkins. And then I rode, um, since then, however, I will tell you, two of my friends have been um, nudged off the road while riding. Yeah. And so I now I'm fairly addicted to my Peloton bike because I told my wife I'm not <laughs> going to survive cancer and then dying a biking accident. Right. So, right. so now I, um, I'm, I ride my Peloton bike and I you know, hike here in Montana where I am now. And I, yeah. you know, I try to be active for this mm -hmm. reason. Again, not trying to be funny, but I don't have a lot of hair. And so I, I tell people this, I always say, I'm trying to just be not fat and bald. And so <laughs> right. I'm working at trying to stay in good shape physically. So for other cancer survivors, mm -hmm. they can realize that they can, you know, beat cancer and get back to life. Right. They can exercise, they can travel, they can do their thing, whatever their passion is, whatever that is. Yeah. And so I do, I work out because it's good for me mentally to keep, to stay strong, mm -hmm. to get rid of stress. Mm -hmm. But as well, I, I hope it inspires others that they too can beat cancer, survive treatment, and then go live their best life. That's incredible. That's incredible. And, and, and that leads me to ask you about being the ambassador of the head and neck cancer Alliance. Right. Um, share with us all the efforts that you're doing and in, in speaking and educating and, and, and broadening the awareness um, of, uh, of, of this, of this HPV cancer and um, as well as what you're doing to uh, support those diagnosed in their families. So I'm going to try to combine this into a neat, you know, well said, but it might become a little sloppy because there's a, so much activity. Oh, um, yeah. So, yeah. That's At the Head Neck Cancer Alliance, we are saving lives through the prevention, early detection, and research for head and neck cancer. Mm -hmm. We have an ambassador program. So I'm on the executive board with, with, you know, I'm honestly very fortunate to be on the executive board with doctors that are well-known, well-respected nationally. And, but this program, I'm just one ambassador Every time I speak with people and, and as people reach out to the Head and Neck Cancer Alliance for information, um, it is an organization or a network of survivors, patients, caregivers who share their story to inspire and help others. Mm -hmm. And so if you were to go to headandneck.org, so the word head, the word and spelled out neck.org, um, and you go to that ambassador section, um, you would see many other stories. It's not just me. Right. I am just one person who hopefully through sharing my story brings others because you never know who's going to relate to who. Right. right. I mean, at the end of the day, I, my story might mean something to one person and not to another. Um, so we have both men and women that are part you know, that are ambassadors. I always have the, the statistics I always share are three out of four adults by 30 of HPV, 62% are freshmen in college and men between 40 and 60 are the most highly diagnosed decades after being exposed. Gotcha. And I have had several women say to me, do not forget the women. 
And I only mention <laughs> the men because, you know, a lot of the focus with HPV is HPV is the main cause of the cervical cancer. Mm-hmm. The vaccine, when it came out, most people gave it to their daughters, not to their sons. So that's what, where I got in the habit of stressing about men. But um, there are both men and women that are ambassadors. Um, it's, there's, it's interesting when you know, learn more about just head and neck cancer in general. Again, not cancer I knew much about. Right. But um, their HPV-related cancers really weren't being discussed regarding head and neck at a high level, except over the last few years. Um, you know, when I started sharing my story, I had people that would say to me, to my wife, why isn't he embarrassed? You know, HPV is a sexually transmitted disease. Why isn't he embarrassed? And then I would think, you know, three out of four adults by 30, what do I have to be embarrassed about? Exactly. And so... And so I will, I'm trying to combine it all in, in a nice, neat package for you. But the ambassador program is to inspire and encourage others. It's comprised of many men and women. Um, the Head Net Cancer Alliance, when I wanted to share my story years ago, they embraced me, which really, I will forever be committed to this organization because others in the other organizations, I wasn't famous. I'm still not famous, but I wasn't a movie star. And, and many organizations didn't really want to hear my story because I wasn't. The Head Net Cancer Alliance, and they have a tremendous executive team as well, just to tell you, you know, great administrative staff. Yeah. Um, but they wanted to hear my story and they thought this married guy, business owner will relate to, people will relate to him. And so between providing information regarding early detection um, you know, there's trials that we, that are brought to us that patients can be a part of. Um, you have the support of the ambassador program. There's just a lot of information and I'm sure we'll get there or I'll mention it real quickly if that's okay. I had launched do. a website in 2017 called supermanhpv.com. Mm-hmm. And the reason I launched it, and again, as you likely already know, I'm not arrogant, um, the name Superman HPV, I came up with the name because I thought it would draw attention to a cancer that most people I knew had never heard of. But my friends called me Superman during chemo and radiation saying that I was Superman tough. And that's where Superman HPV came from. Nice. Well, my goal through launching that site is to provide inspiration and information for those diagnosed and or researching HPV, the HPV vaccine and HPV-related cancers. Well, the only other organization I found years ago that was doing that was the Head and Neck Cancer Alliance. Mm -hmm. And today, you know, I'm active as well with the American Cancer Society's HPV Roundtable, and there are other organizations, but, but the one that I'm most committed to because they've done the most for me and the people that I've come in contact with um, is the Head and Neck Cancer Alliance from Oral Cancer Awareness um, week, which was in April, but quite, quite honestly, because of COVID, right. the screenings that normally take place worldwide got postponed. So um, I don't know if I answered your question. I hope I did. I kind of went on. A, no, no, a you little, did. Uh, you did uh, completely, okay. Jason, completely. So um, headandneck.org, right? Yes. Okay, good. With headandneck.org, as well as supermanhpv.com, 
we're going to make sure that direct links to those websites are on our episode show notes. I really, really want to make this information available to our listeners um, because I know that there's people out there that your story will resonate with. I want to make sure that it's not just information they're hearing, but it's information that's sustainable that they can get to by way of clicking the direct links on the episode show notes. So headandneck.org and supermanhpv.com, we will definitely uh, make sure and, uh, and, uh, and, and include on the episode show notes. Uh, so what's, what's down the line for Jason Mendelson now? Um, you're still very active, uh, hiking, traveling with your family. Uh, what's, what's down the line for Jason? You know what? So if you, I don't know if you're speaking, so you're speaking both personally and business and everything, right? Everything. Um, yeah. before Life. I jump into this, can I add one thing or is am I not, not allowed to do that? No, please do um, add whatever you okay, want. Okay. And if you can always delete this, if it, if it doesn't, <laughs> it's not something that you want to include. Um, let me say two things. So I don't forget one. Mm-hmm. The HPV vaccine is for boys and girls between the ages of nine. And now, the, you know, the FDA and ACIP, you know, increased the age to 45. But for it to be the most effective, mm-hmm. most kids get it between, I would say, nine and 13 before they're sexually active. Mm, okay. I mention this, but they believe I got the, was exposed to the virus mm-hmm. back in college when I was 18 through oral sex with a woman. Mm-hmm. And out of 100 people that get exposed, 98% of the people, their body fights off the virus. They never knew they had it. Right. 2% decades later, you know, that virus that could lay in the crypts of their throat could present itself as cancer. So I wow. think the vaccine can protect your sons and daughters yeah. from HPV related cancers. The second thing is if you end up with a sore that's not healing or, or something that feels awkward or uncomfortable in your throat, yeah. Go to your ear, nose, and throat doctor. I can't tell you how many people I talk to spend mm-hmm. months before they get to an ENT when it could have been handled more quickly had they gone and seen one, you know, at the beginning. Sure. Um, if I jump to your question, what's next for me? You know, with COVID, I'm going to be spending a lot more time in Montana right now. We have a place here, and um, I'm spending time with my wife and kids. Um, um, we, our best family business, we can work from ever anywhere. Um, Good, but. Really, my hope, and I, and I know that I had done some research on you before the show and that you're global, um, my hope would be that through sharing my story that we can protect boys and girls for generations to come from HPV-preventable cancers. Um, right. I'm going to keep you know, working with patients, survivors, caregivers, grow the ambassador program through the Head and Neck Cancer Alliance, mm-hmm. um, hopefully be the best husband and father I can be to my wife and kids and, and, you know, grow our family business, but, but passionately protect future generations of boys and girls from oropharyngeal cancer through educating people about the HPV vaccine. That's really my passion. Right on. That says it all, Jason. It really says it all. And it's the true heart and essence of the road to rediscovery. Uh, you are really leveling it up in a big way and helping others who are struggling to keep them from encountering and experiencing what you experienced. So I greatly, greatly appreciate that. Uh, One other question I had for you is, um, can you tell me the number one thing you've learned most about yourself through this experience that you have uh, applied in helping others with? 
You know, when I was going through treatment, I, I learned to separate my mind from my body mm-hmm. to handle treatment. I will tell you, I've become very good at, and I mean that in the most humble type of way, yes. in discussing yes. that same um, quality for others going through treatment, meaning it's going to be unpleasant. And I don't, it really doesn't matter, quite honestly, if it's going through cancer treatment or you know, going through a relationship issue or financial struggles or whatever your issue is, if people can separate their mind from their body and do what they need to do to get the job done. Right. I think that's probably one of the most important things that I learned from going through that experience that's helped me in other aspects of my life and, and being able to help others think that same way. I am far from perfect, believe (laughs) me. Um, But but that's something that I think is a really good quality that can help people get through this and get through other areas that are challenging in their life. Very nice. Very nice. Awesome. And how can, how can the listeners uh, connect with you if they want more information or maybe receive updates on, on some of the uh, awareness in, in, in places that you're speaking? Sure. I mean, there's, there's several things. Certainly they can go in and sign up, um, put their information in at the Head and Neck Cancer Alliance website. Um, as well, my personal email address is Jason. So just J-A-S-O-N, Jason at supermanhpv.com. I have a Facebook page, Superman HPV, a Twitter, an Instagram. Um, and I know this is probably going to be considered unheard of, but if there's patients, survivors, caregivers, and anybody ever wants to call me or text me if they need help. Um, and it doesn't matter the time of day, um, 407-782-5614. I've been giving out my cell phone forever. Um, no one's ever abused it. So I'm hoping it doesn't start now, but 407-782-5614. And um, I'm here if anyone needs me because, you know, I'm fortunate to have a very strong support network right. in my parents. I already mentioned, obviously my wife and kids, but my parents, my siblings, and I know everyone doesn't have that close friends as well for me, but right. if people don't have that, or if they just need someone who's been through it, mm-hmm. because while my brother is my next door neighbor, um, having someone who's been through it, I had someone that did that for me yeah. really made all the difference. So I'm here for anyone who needs me. Wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you. If you don't mind, I'm going to include that connect information, um, uh, on the show notes as well, so that you know people who want to connect with you at a deeper level and learn more about it, or who have who may even need help, you know that uh, that that you are accessible in in that way. So I appreciate your transparency and making yourself available um, for for those for sure. Jason, man, I have really really appreciated and enjoyed this conversation. I, I, I really have, man. Uh, we're going to jump into a segment called Three for the Road, and that's where I ask uh, my guests uh, three uh, off-the-cuff, spontaneous, yet thought-provoking questions. I try to make them customized to the guests that I am chatting with that I challenge you to answer in five words or less. So what do you think? Uh, think you might be up for it? I'm in. Let's go. All right. He's all in. Fantastic. Okay. So here we go with three for the road. Okay, Jason, in the spirit of the superhero Superman, (laughs) I have customized your questions based on Superman. All right. 
Question one for three for the road. In the darkest point of your journey, what or where was your, quote, fortress of solitude? My wife and kids, hmm. future events. Wonderful. Is that my five words? Hey, if it's over or under, I don't care. Oh, I really tried to stick to five. I sat here and went like this. Did you? The next no. five? <laughs> Just thinking of the future. That's, I mean, at the end of the day, Yeah. thinking about what life was going to be like after I got through all the hell, quite honestly. Nice. That's a great fortress of solitude. I appreciate you sharing that. Number two, have you ever considered cancer as your, quote, kryptonite? No. I mean, you know what? So I beat cancer. So, yes. so to me, at the time, it was so mentally exhausting. But at the end of the day, I think it made me stronger to be able to help others. Beautiful. Beautiful. And question number three, to top off three for the road. Um, we all know the original Superman um, was very strong. He could fly. He had x-ray vision, heat vision, uh, bulletproof, right? Um, share with us Superman HPV's superpower. Mental strength. There we go. Love it. Love it. And trust me, <laughs> You and I can have a conversation on mental strength all day because I am a huge proponent of that in so many ways and aspects of our lives, um, which I'm more than happy to share with you in another conversation. Congratulations. Thank you so much, Jason. You have completed three for the road. All right. Thank you. Oh, Thank for you. sure. And you can learn more about Jason by visiting his website, supermanhpv.com. You can also connect with him on Facebook and Twitter. We will include the direct links to all the websites and the social mediums uh, on the episode show notes. Jason, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show, man. It was, it was a truly an honor and pleasure having you here sharing your story with our listeners. Thank you very much. You made it very easy. So I appreciate that. Thanks for caring. Oh, no. Equally, we reciprocate for sure. We really do. And I want to thank all of you for tuning in and listening. Let me tell you something. If you or someone you know is going through any type of cancer, I highly encourage you to share this episode of the extraordinary journey of Jason Mendelson. As you know, on the roads rediscovery, we want to let others going through dark times know that they are not alone. We're all roadies on this journey of life, and it sure feels good having you on the road with me. Thanks again for listening. We'll chat again soon. The Road to Rediscovery is an AJ Shark production.